Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the More You Grow podcast. I am your host, Sarah Beth Ramsey, and we have a very special guest today, my friend, Becca, and she's going to talk to you a little bit about her growth journey, um, some of the things that have uh, changed her in many different ways, and I'm just really, really excited to have her here. So welcome, Becca. Thank you, Sarah, for having me. I appreciate it so much being able to join you on here and watch your evolution as a social media influencer and moving into this space of bringing people enlightenment towards social media. I think we need it so bad right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really important and there's so much going on right now, but I am excited to have you on (laughs) to talk about your, you know, growth journey. So why don't we start with, do you want to just tell everybody a little bit about you, what you do, where you come from, that kind of thing? So I was born and raised in Baltimore, born January 23rd, one, two, three. It's my big part of my lifestyle. I love numerology and following the signs that will, we can talk about that a little later, but I never left my hometown because I always thought there was opportunity here. And while I could have pushed myself harder, I realized that that was all a part of the plan. Mm -hmm. So I went to public school, grew up in Baltimore County. I, I enjoyed it, but I was kind of not a loner, but I did my own thing and I wasn't all that cool. (laughs) Struggled a lot. Yeah. Struggled a lot with school, like reading, learning comprehension just didn't feel adequate. So that has helped me like gain the confidence to just be me and enjoy life and not really worry too much about what people are thinking. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting how like our childhood shapes us in that way. So I chuckled a little bit when you said not cool, because like, I also was not cool. So yeah, yes. kind of like laughed a little. I mean, I had red curly hair, um, which, you know, now I, I love, but back in the day when you're a kid and you want to fit in, it's not the way. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we're hyper fixated on that part of ourselves is the part that people are like outwardly telling us is wrong. Yeah. And I was always made fun of for my clothing Mm because I just didn't care. Yeah. I had this, these outfits, they were, um, spandex leggings in before, you know, ahead of my time. And then it was a spandex turtleneck. It would wear it. Sometimes it had prints on it. And I just, I finally got made fun of enough for it that I was like, just stop wearing it. So it's just, we get so fixated. We do. We do. Yeah. It's, it's tough. I, I'm really proud of like this generation because I feel like there are the next generation, Gen Z and um, the generation that's coming after them, because I feel like they are so much more accepting. I mean, I know nobody's perfect and bullying definitely still happens, but I feel like they are much more accepting of individuality and celebrating who you are as a person and more accepting of people different than them. I mean, like everything, like, I just think. I agree. I think that, yeah. I think we give the younger people a bad rep, but I, mm-hmm. I really, and I mean, maybe the younger millennials as well, because I saw it on Instagram, the social media sphere, maybe like four-ish, five years ago the body positive movement and people, cause I got started on Instagram with fitness. So yeah. that was like 
was like, lose a lot of weight. But then it started to shift into this mindset of like, no, enjoy your life, do what you like to do. And don't, don't be so hyper-focused on how your appearance is, or it all comes back to what people think of you, or you're just the way you look. Yeah. I remember when you were changing your Instagram handle and that was like a big, big. it is a big deal, but it was like, you were Becca B fit and then you went to Becca B anything. And it was just like such a big thing. Like, how are you feeling about that? How did you decide on that? Like, what was your, it was something that's, I had that on my heart for like three years Mm -hmm. And other people were telling me like, you won't be recognized and people forget who you are. And so I buried the idea and I was like, no, no, no. But then I had, so I am a strong believer in life coaching Yeah. and I had a life coach and finally she was like, and I still work with them regularly. She was like, you need to just change your handle and let like, just let it go. Like if that's Mm -hmm. what you want, do it. And the freedom that I feel now because people would always approach me and they'd be like, you're Becca B fit. I don't want to hype myself up like that. They would always, <laughs> no, I know somebody recognize me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would always kind of come with this like weird, icky feeling. Like I don't want to be Becca B fit. Like I don't want to identify as that. I want to be the person that inspires people to just go do whatever they want to do. Be the person you want to be. Yeah. And that resonates. So the Becca B anything move I feel like I've just, my whole mindset shifted. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it weird that that's like my handle on Instagram has pushed me into that space? Yeah. You know, we're like half, and I say this all the time, but like we're, we spend half of our lives online and half offline. Like I really believe that. And then I, I'm not going to talk about the metaverse, but I think that's what scares me so much about the metaverse is it feels like it's going to, the percentage is going to go up. Yes. Um, so, I mean, it makes sense that it would be that much of a decision for you if we feel that way, that half our lives are on and half are off. Um, but, you know, it also is kind of representative of you. I think it's great. I thought I thought it was such a good move for a couple of reasons. One, you're like following your authentic self, of course, but also because Becca B. Fit kind of kept you uh, in a box, like I yes. feel like, you know, yes. so, um, so it's good that you were able to kind of branch out and show like I'm not just Becca be fit guys like I am Becca like hello like (laughs) let's just go chase our dreams yeah excited about it and not feel a constraint on something and that's that's it like I think it was a box that I was in and once I opened it it was like I'm free I'm out I'm proud of you that's a big decision and I mean, you, you have a, you have a very big following. So if you don't already know, and maybe you're looking at Becca right now, unless you're listening to this while you're driving, in which case don't use your phone, but yes, no phone while driving. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so how many followers do you have? So right I have been, it's around 14.8. Yeah. And I like through the pandemic, nothing moved for me. And mm-hmm. at first it really got to me, but I'm like totally fine with it. I'm yeah. like, this is exactly where I need to be. And the people that are already there, I have to be happy and excited for Mm because I'm doing them a disservice if I'm just worried about chasing things. Yeah. And I think that helped shift too. Yeah. And you took quite a bit of time um, off, uh, off of social media as well. Right. So so tell us a little bit about that and a little bit about like kind of your spiritual journey that resulted, or I don't know that it resulted from that, but 
kind of went hand in hand, right? Or did it? I, I think so. My my whole spiritual journey, I've always loved, I was raised Roman Catholic. I don't like confirmed everything, but something didn't sit right with me about getting confirmed. I didn't kind of fought it, but my parents were, of course, wanted it to happen. Mm-hmm. But I've always loved the idea of being connected to a higher power. Yeah. And that, like I was an altar server. I just, I just love spirituality. So as I got older, I detached from the church and really got lost in that area of like, what is real? What's not, what should we truly believe? And in 2017, my, or 2018, my grandfather passed away. And that was like the rapture, like Rebecca was breaking open and it comes back to the one, two, three. Mm -hmm. I kept seeing these, like the numbers, the signs, the different things. When he, on the morning of his funeral or wake, two morning doves landed on my windowsill mm-hmm. had never seen it before mm-hmm. like they were so close and it just I got that feeling and from that moment I was like I have to start changing and heading towards something that gives me enlightenment or yeah. just something that lets me reconnect with all of it and I think it was him or it was something I don't know I love that stuff like yeah, talking about too. the other side and all of it I could go on and on, but that's maybe another day. (laughs) Um, So that's when it started. And that's when I was like in my first full-time job. And I remember coming back from my like uh, leave or whatever you come back from funeral stuff yeah, and having like a total mental mind shift was like, I need to start working towards, and man, I went, I mean, you know, I was angry. I was like really struggling, Yeah. but the transformation and I just finally, I worked through it. And when the pandemic started, I had been a few months out of my relationship with Robert. Mm-hmm. We could delve into that if that's mm-hmm. a piece of things, because that is a large part of the transformation was Yeah. So breaking that, letting us both be on our own. Yeah. So do you want to tell everybody, uh, what, like a brief synopsis real quick of what happened? Okay. Cause I really like jumped. Yeah, Uh, that's okay. So in between the beginning of the pandemic and my grandfather passing, I broke up with my, who was my fiance. We were together for six years Mm -hmm. and I finally realized some personal things that I needed to just focus on myself. Mm-hmm. And as much as it hurt, it had to happen. Yeah. And I know I'm better because of it. And it was also like a fast track of that spiritual journey, like getting who I am and figuring it out. So fad, that was August, 2019. Mm-hmm. And it was only a few months, like in between that and the pandemic. So once the pandemic hit, I was like, my whole life, like everything we did, we've had to mourn our old life. Mm-hmm, yeah. We didn't really realize that, but I was like two weeks in, I was like, and that's when I started to shut down mentally. I was mm-hmm. like, this is, this is really rough. Like what is happening and what's my life going to look like? That's when I started to wean off of social, especially after we went through like the George Floyd stuff Mm -hmm. and the, just the election Mm -hmm. and this hostile environment that 
I had to deal with my own personal self and I wanted to be a part of all the conversations. And I, I, I was, yeah. I could have done more, Yeah, but I don't think I would have like been mentally if I pushed it. So I yeah. listened to myself and it really helped get me into a place to just realize who I am. Mm-hmm. Pulling myself off social was the best thing I could have done. Yeah. Well, you were kind of mourning two lives at the same time. So, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. you know, that would be super overwhelming. You're mourning the life that you, you know, everything can kind of stopped when it came to your relationship. And then you go straight into the pandemic where you're now mourning that life too. I can't imagine that must, that is the best way to put it. That must've been brutal. Um, you know, I read something the other day that says like, we're not really meant to know everything that's going on around the world, but because of social media, we now do and our brains, like literally it's like overload for us yes. to know that much information. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, really made me think about how much time I'm spending online and with like, I kind of rank social media platforms based on like how to, toxic they are like in my opinion Twitter is like way up there Um, but unfortunately during the pandemic um, that was the best place to get the news because Twitter has the information 10 times faster than actual media outlets do Um, and so you know I found myself on there a lot and it was just really it got to be too much Yeah. Um, yeah 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 there was no way to there was no there was no like disconnecting what we who we were stuck at home all day. And it was like, what am I supposed to do with myself? Yeah. It was just watching it and being on it. And I finally think it was, it was ironic because I have always wanted to work for myself Mm -hmm. and I got to do that through COVID because I got laid off. Yeah. And as wild and weird, and people might think I'm like totally berserk for this, but I was I really manifested getting laid off because I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I, I need to step into where I want to be. Yeah. And prior to getting laid off, I deleted social media. I was just like, I'm done with this. I need Mm -hmm. a break. I got to, I just like, I'm going to, my brain's going to explode. Yeah. And within two weeks I got laid off. Yeah. And it was like, was that like the key was that like opening up that area of realization. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if it's a connection or if it's just a coincidence, but I don't personally believe in coincidence. Neither do I. (laughs) Yes. But but I do think that things, um, and it's something that I've been working on myself is like kind of taking the silver lining from situations, although that's not really the way I would phrase it, but if I'm just saying that so that, you know, that people know what I mean, but you know, when I find myself in a situation, like if I'm at something like some kind of event or something, and I'm kind of like, why am I here? Like in the middle of the event, you know, maybe I don't feel like it necessarily applies to me or something then something will happen during the event where I'll realize, oh, that's why I was here. And I've been trying yeah. to take that out of situations too. Like, why did this just happen to me? Like, um, not to get too much into this, but like my dog was, as soon as I moved yes. here, she was diagnosed with cancer. And, right. you know, immediately you go to like, why is this happening right now? 
but when she was diagnosed, they found it in time for it to save her life. Right. So like it all kind of came together that way where they couldn't, they didn't find it in Maryland, but I moved here. And because I moved here, they found it. Um, so it's been, it's been cool things like that, you know, that kind of show me like, maybe it's showing me I'm in the right place or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, this is also my very first podcast live from Michigan. So that's Ooh, kind of cool. Yeah. I love um, that. But uh, you touched on your business a little bit. Tell yeah. me a little bit about what it is and kind of what you're doing and how you got and the name. Um, the story yes. the name is really cool. So so we my my mom came up with the name and I was in a really weird place you know, as we already know in COVID, but by the end of 2020, I was like, still in that like mental, like what, what's going on? Like, I got to pull myself out of this. And there was this hat in the basement. And she was always like, it's a mauve hat. It's a mauve hat. And I finally came to, and was like, I need to start this business. Like I need to get my shit together. Mm -hmm. And the hat disappeared. Like she was like, she just, I don't know. So it felt like it was like some type of message that was like, it's now in your head. Like mm-hmm. it's the, like, do it. So mm-hmm. we don't know where the hat is. Oh my and it's God. the weirdest story, <laughs> but it's, I don't know. It like really fits into all the like crazy inner workings of everything. Yeah. Um, so got that started about, so I've always freelanced. I love to work with nonprofits and that's where my business's base is, is storytelling for nonprofits. I've moved into helping um, do social media and email marketing because that's just the nature of having a small business. You want to expand and be able to do more, but I really love what I get to do because it's bigger than me. It's like a part of the community and it advances, you know, whoever is benefiting from it. And that, that just lights me up. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You're, you're really, really talented. Like she'll do these reels on Instagram that are just beautiful. Like she's very talented, like videographer, like she's just very good. I need um, to do more like talking about how I make them and that, yeah. Cause that's a hard part for me is to like educate, but I understand that people want to know. Yeah. And I would love, I'm just going to like tell you what yes. I want to know now, Yeah, but like, I would love for you to talk too about like the quality and how to get good quality on there, because that's something that is driving me nuts right now is with the higher quality because like I keep getting the better phone and then the video right um so I have my settings on a high quality and I think a lot of people don't know how to do that and like talking about that would be awesome if yeah I think that's a good idea I'll share it on boho for sure um oh yeah yeah that's that would be awesome for for my peeps too that would be great and Um, I think there's so it's just so many things that you can do with video that people don't realize and so many options there's apps if you have you know if you have a cell phone if you have a smartphone probably download a video editing app yep it's all there yeah and you can do it right on Instagram yeah and everything's moving the video so I think that would be awesome Rebecca if you did video stuff okay all about that life I love Um, it all right how do you how have you felt it is I know you're just kind of, how long, so how long have you had Mauve Hat Media? 
I made it legal in March or April of 2021. So this year, so it's been, you know, less than a year, but it feels good to have something and have some work under my belt because I got lucky enough to land a really great foundation that they're small Mm -hmm. and they need help growing. And my uh, situation, I, you know, I'm going to be real honest. I live with my parents. So I Mm -hmm. have the flexibility to work with nonprofits and not stress them out because just as much as I have a budget, their budget is to help these kids or whatever is their mission. Yeah. And if I can help them grow, then that's only going to help my business grow. Yeah. So the work that I've gotten to do since starting my business has been huge. And I am so grateful for it. So, so grateful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, so tell me a little bit about your, so in my opinion, despite everything you've been through, you're an extremely positive person. And like, whenever I talk to you, you are always like super cheerful and bubbly, even though I'm sure you're not always feeling cheerful and bubbly, but like you always have like a positive kind of spin on things. So tell me a little bit about how you stay positive. Um, and I don't mean that in terms of like toxic positivity, like always yeah. be positive, but tell yeah. me a little bit about what positivity means to you. How do you balance the good with the bad? Like, what does that look like for you? So this might sound strange and some, I like want everybody to absorb it, but my positivity a lot of times is a coping mechanism. Okay. It's a practice. Like being happy is a practice. Mm, And if you approach an experience or a interaction, knowing like I like prep myself. Like if I know I'm going to get on the phone with somebody, if I know I'm going to see, I'm like, okay, you know, like, let's just bring it because I know that that helps other people also see like, well, you know, cause I share my struggle as well. Yeah. And I want people to know that like, you can also live a really happy life and you can go through some shit and still realize that I can be happy. I can choose to be happy. I don't have to live in the shit. Like it might be shitty here and there, but that doesn't have to be the full-time thing. Yeah. And that's when you start to manifest and really get the good stuff because if you're positive, the positive stuff happens. Like your subconscious mind is ready for positive things. Mm -hmm. And that's that. And I think that's what it boils down to is I've been conscious of being happy. Yeah. And it's hard, like being conscious of understanding, like, cause I mean, the time bringing it back to the hat, the bad, I took pictures of myself and like, I didn't want to smile. I didn't like, I knew it. Like, I didn't want to be happy. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't really want to be here. Like I've dealt with all different types of depression and suicidal things, like never tried but it's there. And the more, the more you put into your head, like, I don't have to live here. Yeah. I can live happy. And if I feel sad, I feel it, but I don't have to be there. It's like, not, don't let it live in your head. Mm -hmm. And it's just going to be so much easier Mm -hmm. and it gets easier. It's not, it's not a, that took me like five or six years. (laughs) 
Yeah, it does get easier, you know, and um, I have struggled with depression um, for a lot of my, so I struggled really bad when my dad passed away and I, you know, I went to therapy for several years and I took medication and all kind of, and I'm a big advocate for that, you know, taking care of yourself, but also, like you said, realizing that happiness is a choice. So eventually, you know, you, you embrace the suck, but you don't live in the suck. And, um, I think happiness being a choice is not to be taken lightly. Like, I think that that's something that we miss a lot. Like we feel that we have to kind of feel that way, whether it's because it resonates with us and our personality. And we feel like we won't be ourselves if we don't feel that way, or because we're just not sure how to feel any other way, you know, but I think, I think you, made a good point. And I really liked what you said in the beginning about happiness as a practice. Can you tell us like what tools you use, like what tools you have in your toolbox for that? So I personally love to cry. Mm -hmm. Like I think crying is the best form of emotional release, whether it's happy or sad. Yeah. And I mean, I've had people be like, why are you crying? And it's just it's, it's the most natural anxiety reliever for me. And Mm -hmm. So I do a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I probably cry once a day, Okay. <laughs> which like, it's either happy. It's a lot of times it's really happy. Yeah. Like I like to like say outwardly, like I'm, I'm living a great life. Like yeah. I put it out there and like, sometimes I get so emotional with it, but that, that I think hypes me up and helps me realize. So I think a good practice is to like, talk to yourself in the mirror and hype yourself up and be your best friend and take yourself out on like little dates and just be nicer to yourself. Because when you understand that I'm going to go through something and that's the ebbs and the flows, life is going to take you high. It's going to take you low, but the more you understand that that's how life is going to be, I I think it's easier to navigate. Mm -hmm. It's more like, okay, today's a good day. Today's a bad day. I'm going to take it and roll with it. And it's not getting hung up. I think a lot of times we get hung up on wanting more when in Mm -hmm. reality, it's like today was the day that I did X, Y, Z. And that's what I accomplished. And maybe it's living day to day versus it's like living more in the present. I think being present makes you happier. Yeah, I agree with that. Do you, um, do you still do like yoga? I know you yeah. were doing yoga certification training and I believe you do meditation as well, right? So I, this is sad. It's not, I'm hoping I can get back into the, my normal yoga practice, but yeah. I, over the summer got diagnosed with the brain condition and a lot of time, like it's right back here yeah. on my lower skull. And if yeah. I am to extend my neck too far or do anything that's like, handstand or any inversion other than downward dog. Like I feel like hell for the Mm -hmm. next couple of days, get a bad headache. So man, I didn't know that was impacting your yoga. That's awful. Yeah. Yeah. But I can do light yoga. I do, you know, sun salutations. I do a lot of, you know, just basic stuff, but I can't do like a regular vinyasa flow anymore. Yeah. I want to get back to it. Um, but it's just not worth hurting yourself. Definitely not. And so I wake up in the morning. I think it's really important to have a morning routine. Yeah. Wake up, I get my coffee. I lay on my yoga mat. I do my morning stretches. And so that's my like come together moment. 
I say my affirmations. I, mm-hmm. you know, I just do the whole, I, I get centered and then I'm ready to take on the day. Yeah. That is huge for my mental health. Yeah. Um, I love to meditate. I try to meditate at night. I do the same thing at night. Like I stretch and mm-hmm. I like wind down. Um, but meditation and understanding, I just think it's important to close your eyes during the day. Like how many times other than when you go to bed are your eyes closed? Yeah. You know, you're constantly receiving information and it's an overwhelming, even if you're not on a computer or social media, you gotta, you gotta imagine like they say your mind's eye. Mm-hmm. How do you see what your mind's eye sees unless you cut the real world off? That's true. Shut your eyes, give yourself five minutes and maybe you do a visualization. And I think meditation is hard for people because they think I have to be stuck in this and not think about anything. But a lot of times I visualize like what I want, what I want to be, exactly what I want, you know, and that puts you in such a positive mind frame. It really does. It rewires your brain and like makes you think differently. I, I do think there's a lot of, and I've talked about this in a different episode too, but I do think there's a lot of misconceptions surrounding what meditation is supposed to be. And people yeah. tend to give up kind of quickly because they feel like they can't do it. Um, so, you know, I, I just hope, I, I would love for people to kind of go back and try it again. I mean, the thoughts are always going to be there. They just, yes. you know, you just work on kind of, watching them go by versus attaching to one. Um, but it really is, like you said, it's really, really important to kind of close your eyes and go back within yourself and listen to yourself. For me, it's like, if I feel like super overwhelmed by a situation in my life and I don't know the answer, like I don't know what to do. That's when I realize when I start to like, feel like I need to talk to everybody. That's when I realize I need to talk to myself. <laughs> yes. So, you yes. know, it's really important. And I, I really like how you, you um, touched on that there. And so, I think one more thing. Yeah. Talk to, like you said, talk to yourself, talk to yourself. Yeah. Like just, I have, I like working from home because I have conversations with myself and it probably sounds pretty crazy, but I'm just like vocal to myself. I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's either like you're crushing it or, you know, let's get it together. Like it's just a hype up, hype yourself up. Yeah. It doesn't sound crazy. Actually. I, (laughs) and this is kind of funny, but I caught myself doing that in my co-working space the other day. And I went up to one of my friends there and I was like, I think I've been living alone for too long. I'm like talking to myself in the co-working space and people are looking at me. I was like, oh boy. Yeah. You get used to that. I sing, I sing a lot when I work. Yeah. And I can't be in a co-work because it would be like, shut up. Yeah. Lady. Yeah. It's very entertaining for the people watching me. I'm sure I do it in the grocery store too. I'll be like down the aisle. It's like, mm, I'm not sure I like that one. Maybe this one, like it's so bad. I fully embrace it now. I'm like, yeah. hey, I talk to yeah. myself and I just wave it. No, I love that. I'd love that when you, cause that just means that you are your own friend. Yeah. Like you're trusting yourself enough. Yeah. And I mean, Hey, we all experienced COVID and if you were alone, yeah probably do the same thing might have done it before but I talk to my dog (laughs) I talk to my plants you know yes yeah yeah 
I'm telling oh, you. Oh, yeah. Um, thank you so much for being on the show today. Of course. Want to add anything that I might not have said? If you or anyone else that's listening needs uh, any nonprofit help, video work, anything, mm-hmm. my shameless little plug, I'm here. Um, if you want to give me a good follow, I will follow back. And I love keeping up with everybody and seeing how they're doing. So reach out if you have any, anything you want to talk about. I'm always here. She leaves the nicest comments too. So definitely interact with her. Um, I'll put all of her info in the caption of this episode. So just look out for that. I'll also have it on my uh, social media platforms too. Um, So again, thank you so much, Rebecca. You're the best. I am so glad I could be on this. This is <laughs> this has felt so good. Like I want to do this more now. It's so fun. I'm so nervous I, getting started. I know that's I know. It just it's get it's it gets fun. easier too. And it's yeah. just fun. And I just prefer to kind of have a conversation. Um, but Becca and I have been friends for quite a few years now. So, you know, that helps too. Um, and when are you yeah. gonna come to Michigan? Because I could Elise and I are always like, we're gonna get our we gotta get our butts up there. Yeah. But you're coming home for Thanksgiving. So I am because I wanna see some like I wanna see it like snowy and wintry it's snowing this weekend i know i saw it. it's so exciting yeah. i mean this episode will be Your out first after this weekend but yeah uh actually this is the second snow it did already snow no but, way yeah i know it's crazy it was like i was joking that um how you know how halloween ends and everybody starts decorating like november one it snowed november one i'm like well i guess michigan wants it to makes be sense. christmas too <laughs> makes sense it's a part of it that's so cool. Um, so I want to ask really quickly, how long yeah. does the winter last? Yeah, it lasts, I think through like May it's really long. Oh, yeah. God. So it might not be like an intense snow in like May or in April, but it definitely can still snow in April, which is, you know, way longer than, than Maryland. Um, yeah. so. Well, God, we, we've been having like 70, 65 degree days. Oh. I, it's so cold here right now, but um, they have told me the people that live here that it actually hasn't been that bad of a winter. Now I don't know what their definition of not that bad is. It I mean, it's going to be Michigan winters. So it must be brutal. Yeah, they were like it hasn't been that bad for a few years now. But then there's also a mindset that it's going to be like spectacularly bad this year. So it'll be you know a heck of a first year here if that happens but also like I live in an apartment I live in a townhouse but it's an apartment complex so they do everything so I don't really have to worry That's about great. that um but right now as I'm talking to you there's like deer right outside my window like literally right outside it's so funny like they're always here and um my dog's not used to it so she's been barking which you know she never does yes she's probably like what are these things they're she's so, so strange cool. So what a change, what a good wildlife, what a good change. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, thank you again. I could talk like literally all day. Oh, Uh, me too. But thanks for being on. I'll put all her info there. Um, And yeah, we'll see you next time. See you later. Uh